0: I'm back in the saddle again. Broadcasting live on Better Horses Network. Sharon Camarillo's fun and fast times. National Hall of Famer and author Sharon Camarillo as she inspires, educates, and entertains while exploring the fastest growing equine sport, barrel racing. Get information from top trainers, competitors, and equine educators, tips on training, competition, hauling, nutrition, and more. And now, live from the beautiful San Joaquin Valley of California, here's your host, Sharon Camarillo. <laughs>
1: Our first guest today is a brilliant woman. She's a horsewoman, deluxe, a mother, a wife, a rancher. She's traveled from the Northwest to the East Coast, from the Dakotas to South Texas. She uh, is an amazing woman, four times Canadian champion, and she's one of the most consistent world's barrel racing champions that we've ever had in the sport of uh, professional barrel racing. It's a pleasure and an honor, Lisa Lockhart, to invite you to uh, join us today and thank you for taking your time to be with us on Fun and Fast Times.
2: Well, thank you. That was an amazing introduction. So, I'm kind of speechless, but um but anyway, thank you. That's, it was very wonderful. Very kind.
1: Well, we might uh, I might jump in and ask you a question that I was going to close with. So when we talk about music and inspiration, you know, our great little uh, music man at the national finals, Benji Delay, he's always so fantastic in playing for you, Louie Louie. But is there another song that inspires you that first go around when you run down that alleyway into the arena, if you could choose to have a song played?
2: Boy, I don't know. You know, with with my great equine athlete partner, Louie, I don't think that there could be a better fitting song. And, you know, it's just been a part of our routine for so long now that, um, you know, it just makes my heart race every time I hear it. it, whether it be at the NFR or whatever. You know, it's just one of those things where, um, yeah, uh, it I couldn't be more fitting and, you know, upbeat and old-time music also, you know, so being from an older generation myself, so, um, but, you know, that's it. I'm going to stick with that one.
1: I love it, and, you know, Louis has his own fan base, and I, every time he runs, I told you earlier, it's like watching a clinic. It's consistent. It's, uh, um, I mean, he's a great horse. You're a brilliant rider. It's a terrific team, I just I love watching him run that tail how it lays flat and streamlines out and that thick flank and that those strong muscles and he has a smile in his eye. I love that, Lisa.
2: He does. He is the happiest horse I've ever um been able to swing a leg over and you know he is a model of consistency and I commend him for that. He makes my job easy, although he's not easy to ride. I know he looks very easy. He's not easy to ride. <laughs> But, you know, as long as I do my job, he certainly tries to do his every time. And I have never ridden a horse with such magnificent consistency and try as he
1: does. Sometimes I say getting those great horses in our life. You know, there's a lot of terrific horses, but there's very few great horses. And it's almost like winning a lottery. And we have to invest a lot of time in creating a foundation and providing them the uh, resources to excel when it comes down to those competitive runs. And and I have to really commend you for the foundation that you put on all of your horses, Chisholm, Sterling, uh, you know, you're you're consistent in what you do, and I love the fact that you have a game plan.
2: Well, you know, thank you. And I do, um, you know, I guess my philosophy on it is, I don't ride the fastest horses. None of those three horses that you just mentioned have, you know, been extremely fast horses, and so I've always strived to find efficiency in my turns, and, um, so I guess, you know, that's, that's where I really strive with horses of, of those natures, you know, especially Sterling and Louis, and, and not that they can't run adequately, um, by any means, but you know, if, if they're not the fastest, you're going to have to make up your time somewhere. So it's very crucial in my eyes with working with horses like that to have, um, as efficient as turns as possible.
1: Well, we could go on a lot of tangents in, in that area. I mean, just that, I mean, Louis looks great when he builds that stride coming off that third barrel. But uh, I think we share a philosophy that we kind of like the, those cowbred horses and horses that we can cross-train, ranch-ride, rope on if necessary. It just uh, it always builds my confidence when I'm on a horse that I know that if I'm a little flat, he'll pick up that extra 20%. And the days when he's flat, he's going to listen to me when I need to pick up the
2: 20%. Absolutely. And you nailed it there, you know. Um, growing up on a ranch, and, you know, I've always had these types of horses, and, you know, with my husband, and I, you know, uh, continued to ranch um, after we were married, and and also that my husband is a calf roper, so, you know, it's pretty easy for these horses to go both directions. Just the other day, I had to laugh at him, and um, I've got two young horses that I take a lot of pride in, and he was kind of standing there looking at him, and I said, what? And he said, you giving up on either one of those two? Because they could both sure make a calf horse.
0: <laughs> so, um,
2: you know, it, in our life, in, 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 um, it, it works to be able to have horses that can go both ways and, and with kids and, and uh, you know, daughter and barrel races and son that calf ropes and breakaway roper and, you know, so all that. So, yes, you know, those types of horses definitely fit our family.
1: It, you know, I, I look back at some of our first meetings years and years ago, years ago, And I always thought you and Grady were such a darling couple. And the fact that you had such uh, common interests and um, I thought, man, if there's any couple in the rodeo business that are going to be successful, it's these two. And I I just have to ask you, how do you juggle your travel, your family life, the kids' uh, sports? We see you on Facebook. You're at baseball games, football games. You're at high school rodeos. Uh, along with the the grueling training program and, and then the road that takes you away from the ranch so often?
2: Well, you know, very strategic scheduling, you know, is the name of the game utmost. Um, and, yes, it, and, and there's certainly a lot of things that I have missed over the years with my kids' activities and such. I try to get to as much as I can. But, you know, more than anything as well, I have been very fortunate to have had great seasons to where I've either had a lot won in the winter or win a lot in the winter and the month of July. And so, um, you know, I've been able to keep my rodeo travels to a minimal and I know I'm very fortunate in that situation, you know, usually going to anywhere from thirty five to forty five rodeos a year and being able to keep it at that and having the luxury of being able to go to the NFR, you know, with those few rodeos, um, having competed at. So that alone is a fairy tale right there, and I've um, been very fortunate for that to happen, which allows me to have a lot more family time. So, you know, and with that being said, you know, I've just always figured that I will go really hard for six weeks in the winter and plan on going a lot, possibly, say, it like starting the end of June and through July. And I've always said, if it happens, it happens, and if it doesn't, it wasn't meant to be because there's just so many things that I don't want to miss with my kids' activities and and such, so, so yeah, um, you know, usually I get my kids' schedule for their athletics and try to work my rodeoing, entering around that. Now, when I travel to Texas, sometimes that's not an option, but I usually try to come home for ten days to two weeks in between things, so I find the biggest 10 days, two weeks period with my kids' schedules to where I can fit in the most games or whatever, and and you know enter my rodeos around that. So sometimes I probably don't enter the wisest um, for myself you know, having chances to win, but, you know, it's a give and take, and um, it's important to me to not miss my kids' things, because they grow up way too fast with my oldest, having just graduated high school this last year, so I can think back yesterday, it seems to be, you know, where my whole family went with me, and and that's not the case anymore, and they can't, and I understand that, but um, so I have to just try try to keep it all in check, and, you know, family first, there's no doubt about it, and bear racing something we can do and we can do it for a long time so if i had to take a a leave from it i would be happy with it but given the horses that i've been given right now i feel like i need to go with them um at least a little bit and see what happens
1: well i love the fact that you know our friend martha josie once told me years ago she said sharon when you've got that horse you've got to go so there's times that maybe that road doesn't fit in your schedule or maybe you want to be on the road and you don't have the horse. So a smart competitor, I think, knows when they've got to go. And I really admire a statement that I've heard you say before and I've read several times that you say barrel racing is what I do, not who I am. And, you know, so many times competitors get that mixed up, don't you feel? I do.
2: And, you know, I can even think back on – you know the first years of of making the NFR, and of course, you know the family was with me at that time. Um, you know, and, and Grady was still roping as well. And and um, you know, say after the first NFR, and then I'm the horse that I was riding that next year. You know, received an, an, uh, a career-ending injury, and I was just devastated. And I thought, you know, like my husband reminded me, he's like, it's it's a horse, it's not one of your kids, you know. Everybody, everything is good, and and so, you know, at that time, it just seemed like it was so important to me, um, more so, you know. And then it was just kind of like a reality check, it's like, you know, what if we don't make the NFR ever again? You know, I was so fortunate to make it once, and you know, that was something that would be treasured forever. And if it never happened again, and you know, so it was just a mindset that I had to you know, keep myself in check, like, it, you know, it, it, we all do this for fun, and I think I always tell people when it's not fun anymore, um, you know, you shouldn't be doing it, whether you're stressing about not winning or whatever, and, you know, you, you just got to keep it all in check that, yes, financially it's very expensive to do, but, you know, we all seem to do something for fun, um, whether it be golfing or rodeo or whatever. None of it's cheap or going to the movies or whatever. So, you know, with that being said, you gotta enjoy <laughs> what you're doing and have fun doing it. And remember you're doing it for fun and just keep it at that and just do the best you can do.
1: Boy, I'll tell you when, when it comes down to the big money, and I mean we have a remarkable opportunity this year at the national finals. Rodeo go around's have gone from eighteen to twenty eight thousand and over seventy five thousand dollars in the average. Uh, that puts undue stress. And with that said, it brings me to another question. You know, you've been, am I right, nine NFRs? Is this your 10th?
2: This will be our 10th, yes, ma'am.
1: So you you know what the demands in the national finals, and, and I do a, a contest for my students just to showcase their skills. And I used to have four go-arounds, and through pressure, they asked me to back it off to three. And I said, the reason I have four is I want you to just get a feel what it's like to run 10 go-arounds at the national finals. First go-around, you're getting in there trying to set the pace. Second go-around, fourth go-around, your horse is getting sore, starting to cheat. Do I change bits? Do I not? Do I change my game plan? But in today's world of the national finals, with increased sponsorship, you've got sponsor demands, you've got personal appearances, autograph sessions, Uh, you know they keep your day full aside from the practice schedule and the times that you can get into the thomas and mac and i'm not sure where you keep your horses but if it's off the grounds you've got to plan travel times Um, how what's your game plan to be able to get through the day so when you run down that alleyway in the evening you've got your mind set on barrel racing
2: Oh, you're exactly right. It is it's it is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. People always ask us, "Well, you know, is it fun?" There's no time for fun. You know, fun is is getting to compete. Um so but yes, it is an absolute grueling schedule. Um and and keeping horses off site, yes, I do. And the other thing is, you know, a lot of people choose to have um, people help them while they're there or, you know, whether it be caring for their horses or transporting their horses to and from the arena or whatever. I'm a very hands on, so um, maybe a little OCD as well. But so I do everything myself. And, and of course, my husband, Grady, and he's great help. So, um, but, you know, he's always a part of my horse's routine when I'm home throughout the year, feeding and things like that, and just knowing my horses inside and out. So. You know, we do everything ourselves, so yes, it is very time consuming, but very uh, schedule oriented as far as, you know, knowing, you know, say from 11 till 2 is sponsor time, and trying to, as a matter of fact, we're in that situation now where sponsors are starting to, you know, have requests of when we're going to, you know, do things. And so, you know, scheduling, finding your sponsors that are in the same building. And trying to you know schedule them together and things like that but yes it becomes very schedule oriented and i just think with life being so busy and everybody can understand that that that's kind of what life um turns to anymore is is being very schedule oriented and organized and um keeping priorities straight you know and there's sometimes when you just have to say no to outside things you know beyond my sponsors you know other people you know ask if you can do this or do that or meet this group of kids here and you know, I don't like to say no, but sometimes you just almost have to because, um, you know, by 3 o'clock I want to be back out at my horses and it's just part of my routine and I just feel like I need that letdown time to clear my head and get away from people and start thinking about my job that lies ahead for that evening. So so everybody has their routine and, you know, goes about it a little differently and, you know, somebody may else may be able to show up at 6 o'clock and have had somebody else bring their horses to them and, you know, brush their horse and get ready for grand, grand entry and go. And that's just not the way I operate. So I think it's very very unique in the way in which every individual chooses to handle it. And um but but yeah. But I but I enjoy it and I enjoy that, that downtime and just getting to hang with my horses for a little while in the afternoon before we go in and compete.
1: I I love the I love your philosophy and in we know that you know how you prepare is how you're going to compete and, you know, to be able to have that schedule that you're preparing your horse, preparing your mind, because when it comes right down to that performance, it's too late. If you're not ready, uh, it's, gonna, it's going to uh, influence the outcome of your race. And I, I love the fact when I read that you were awarded the prestigious Guy Whedick Award at the Calgary Stampede, which normally is given to one of our fellow competitors And I honor you so much, not just for your inspiration to women, but as a competitor and to be able to be honored by the prestigious Calgary Stampede with that award, which is given to uh, contestants that uh, most portray um, the integrity and professionalism of uh, our sport of, of rodeo. So congratulations on that award. Thank
2: you. Um, you know, that was just, uh, it, it chokes me up thinking about it. You know, it was just absolutely overwhelming. It, when I actually had time to just sit back and, and think about what had just transpired. it You know, at the moment when they told me, it was, it was after the um, first or the short round of the barrel racing, before the Final Four, they said, you need to come back for a quick interview. And it was, you know, we had 40 minutes before the Final Four, and I'm like, I looked at the gentleman, one of the committee men, I said, oh, sir, I said, I, you know, I said, I have done a lot of interviews this week, I really try to do everything you asked me, but I said, this is not a good time, and he looked at me, he said, we need you on stage, and I just kind of looked at him, and so he said, you're receiving awards, so you know i really didn't even have any idea what it you know entailed and you know until it i had time to just absolutely absorb it so um yeah you know that that is definitely the the biggest moment of my 2016 year you know there, there's yeah that no words can express the feeling of of having that award
1: well i uh makes me choke up when I hear how passionate you are, because there's some moments in our lives, Lisa, and you know, you know, maybe the birth of our children, you know, when we say, I do special times that you never forget. But there's sometimes when we stand at a podium or on a stage receiving an award, when your whole life kind of flashes in, in front of you. And you remember all those times as a little junior rodeo girl and ranch raised and juggling calves around and feeding and you know just loving what you do and and being inspired by the professional barrel racers that you have a chance to see when they come through the local rodeos and now you are one and and awarded for amplifying the um what a what a cowboy stands for cowgirl stands for
2: yeah well thank you and you know it's one of those things where the clock didn't determine who the winner was it, and so it's definitely a, an award um you know where it's a matter of the heart there and um to feel like you you know qualified for such an award um yeah it, it is just a huge honor that's all i can say huge honor for me
1: well we're honored to have you on board with fun and fast times and and i love your philosophy in training your prior proper preparation and i hope that we can call you one of these days and talk about some of your philosophies when you take these good horses into the arena and your consistency in producing good horses lisa will you join us again
2: Oh, certainly, anytime, and, and I commend you for, you know, what you are offering, what you've always offered to, you know, the barrel racing industry, and um, you're an absolute icon, and, you know, you just keep giving, so so thank you for all that you do, and, um, you know, taking the time to, to do what you do, and, and having all these different people, and getting it organized, and scheduling, here we go, scheduling, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, um, so thank you for all that you do, and I would love to be a guest.
1: Thank you, Lisa. How is the best way for all of us fans to follow you during the national finals and throughout the year?
2: (laughs) Well, kind of being (laughs) old school, I'm not real good with my social media. So, um, you know, and with that being said, too, you know, um, I don't know. I always say I always like to fly under the radar. So I know I was just thinking about it yesterday. I'm like, oh, I need to, you know, do something on social media. And I really get caught up in being home and thinking, I'm not doing anything important at home, you know, nobody needs to know what I'm doing at home, they could care less, so so I'm not real good about that, um, you know, with the, with the social media or taking time, I don't read a lot of social media or, you know, so therefore I, I don't communicate well with the world, but I do try, and so, you know, when I feel like it's important or, you know, um, I, I need to get better about it, but... You know, that's probably the best is a little bit on social media and, um, you know, and, and the beauty of technology anymore. We can find everything at a touch of a fingertip, whether it be, you know, YouTubing things. And it, it's just awesome what technology really can provide for us. So,
1: Are you still scheduling clinics during the year also <laughs> along with the rest of your schedules?
2: You know, I do a few very close to home Um of course, as crazy it is with my kids' schedule, so with their weekends being full, I have had some weekday clinics. And matter of fact, I have a weekday clinic this week on Wednesday and Thursday in North Dakota. Um, so people are very, very forgiving of you know my my asking to have things out of the ordinary like that. You know, having a clinic in the middle of the week just because I don't want to miss, you know, some of my kids' things. So, um, but anyway, I guess if it works and if people are willing to do it, we'll do it. So, but I do keep things very close to home. I don't do a lot. It just does not seem like time allows. Um, I love doing it. I love helping people and um I think it's, you know, I think we learn and as you will know, you learn something every day from every student. And so um, you know, and it's, I love the challenges of it all, but and I, I hope someday when time allows to do more of it and um, not feel like it's just something I'm trying to squeeze into my busy schedule and, and enjoy it and travel more and do more of it, so... Ideally, yes, someday. That's why I tell people. Keep me in mind for someday.
1: <laughs> well, I really admire how you prioritize your life and your family, Lisa. And I just thank you for taking your lunch hour to be with us here on Fun and Fast Times. Um, I'm, I'm joining with many fans who say we're we're wishing you the greatest success, not only at the ERA finals coming up in Dallas, but also at the national finals. And I hope you'll uh, pet Louie and Chisholm for me and tell Grady and the kids hello. Thank you for joining us. I,
2: I will. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure speaking with you.
1: What a delight to talk to Lisa Lockhart. She just portrays class, integrity, Passion. And those are the kind of people that I choose to ride in the pickup with when I'm going somewhere to compete because when you get out, you just know you're going to win something. Talk about winning something. Our next guest, Mary Berger, holds a number one position with a $75,000 lead over second place Jackie Gander going into the National Finals Rodeo. She's already broken Lindsay Sears' regular season earning record, and with the increase in purse money at the National Finals Rodeo, $28,000 go-arounds, $75,000 average checks, this woman is on her way to rewriting record books. So we're going to take a break. Stay tuned here on Fun and Fast Times. I'm Sharon Camarillo, And we'll be right back with Mary Berger.
0: You're listening to Sharon Camarillo's Fun and Fast Times on the Better Horses Network. We'll be right back after this. MedVet Pharmaceutical Products are recognized in the industry as the trusted brand. Product ingredient formulas are pharmaceutical grade and certified for potency and purity through the National Animal Supplement Council for high performance. MVP's Exceed Six-Way is clinically proven. And comes highly recommended by veterinarians and leading professionals, including Sharon Camarillo. Exceed Six Way provides the highest level of support for joints, gastric function, muscles, hooves, hair coat, and digestion. You will feel and experience the difference when using Exceed 6-Way, 60-day guaranteed results or 100 percent money back. Call United Vet Equine at 800 328 6652 and mention the Sharon Camarillo podcast to receive a hundred dollars off a two-month supply of exceed six-way retails at 182.50 this is Sharon Camarillo's fun and fast times and now back to Sharon
1: welcome back to fun and fast times on better horses network I'm Sharon Camarillo and what an honor it is to welcome our next guest She's one of the most consistent and talented horsewomen in the sport of barrel racing. She's going into the national finals rodeo with a $75,000 lead over second place Jackie Ganner. But keep in mind, this is a year that's going to smash all kinds of records. $28,000 go-arounds, $75,000 average checks. But I have no doubt that this woman is prepared She's also closing in on the million-dollar mark in her personal career. Mary Berger. Mary, where does this phone call find you? And thank you so much for being a part of Fun and Fast Times.
3: Well, I'm on my way to Waco. We're in the Burleson, Texas area, so um, we're headed south.
1: So you're on your way to get ready for the ERA finals, am I right? No, this is the
3: um, All-American Finals where the, the 30 um, rodeos that you have to consist uh, to be qualified to come to the All-American.
1: I see. A, well, uh, what a great way to get warmed up for the National Finals or to keep that winning edge, maybe I should say.
3: Yeah, um, I sure does have to keep my horse rolling a little bit or he would get a little rusty. Um, but yeah, this is... Um, Waco finals there um, at the Exacto I believe it is arena
1: you know I I read something earlier or heard an interview and you said that you hadn't really planned to travel as heavy this year as you have you just wanted to get out you knew you had a horse with a lot of talent and you wanted to have some fun with him yeah that's correct (laughs) yeah we um, well it looks uh, like You've had an amazing uh, amount of fun winning the Calgary Stampede with a standing ovation, winning the illustrious Houston Livestock Show in the spring. You've just uh, been scattering these big wins across the country. Congratulations.
3: Well, thank you. We didn't travel near as much as a lot of them. I went to several rodeos last fall because I wanted to go to some of the indoor um, winter rodeos. And and when I went to the WPRA finals, um won some money there, so that put me up there uh, to go to Houston and San Antonio. So, yeah, that was the plan, just to go to those rodeos. And when I won Houston, that put me in Calgary. So uh, we did make that trip up there. We went the 4th of July, and... Um, done well even at the uh, 4th of July run there and so on the way up it was like okay you know I want enough money for this trip and we went up there and just (laughs) um, got real lucky and even though it rained and my horse was not real uh, familiar with mud um, he took to it pretty good.
1: Well am I correct in saying that you won all four rounds?
3: Yeah, um, he did (laughs) Our first I was in the first pool And the ground was really Um, it's basically dry The first two runs And and it was a little more Crawly than what it was When it was muddy, so You know, a couple times uh, The times were a little bit slower But, um, when it rained The ground was actually faster But it was just a matter of Souping it up in the slough. so (laughs) Um, yeah, that was, um, a trick for him and he did, he, he, he stood up pretty good in the, uh, trickier ground and handled it real well when it was sloppy muddy. So yeah, he did. He, he, we won all four rounds and it was a blast.
1: That's an amazing accomplishment, especially when we consider... <clears throat> excuse me, the amazing, talented uh, riders and horses that you're competing with. But as we know in barrel racing, you know, fast time wins. And, you know, you have 10 or 12 riders in a go-around or a segment. And if the ground's deep and muddy, you all have the same conditions and the, and the fast time takes the check. And congratulations for that. I love the fact that you got standing ovations. And part of that is for your fantastic record, your history, your consistent wins, your fantastic horse. But the fact that you're 68 years old, you're a 1948 model, same as me, Mary. And I just have to ask you, uh, you know, you're an inspiration, you're trim, you're fit. Um, But, you know, we know that that road gets grueling. And we also, uh, you know, the older we get, we have, uh, I guess, a little more judgment and sometimes – the calls that we have to make are uh, not the same calls we'd make uh, as younger competitors might.
3: Sure. Yeah. That's, um, that's, I guess that's maybe why they took to me so much up there because I was a lot of them more closer <laughs> to their age or whatever, but um, I really didn't even know I got standing ovations until they told me, <laughs> but um they were they were just a really um, really good crowd there that was very interested in me, and so it was it was very different from from most rodeos. You know, you, after about the uh, you know second or third one, I almost had a grin on my face when I was coming in there. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it was just sort of funny, really. But um, yeah, they just had packed crowds. The, fleachers were full and um even when we come back for our autograph sessions and stuff these people were just like you said they said you're an inspiration so i guess you know (laughs) if i do that for them it's it's wonderful i you know i just um just don't have a desire to quit so i don't know you know what, what that means i guess just that i love it and that's what i'm doing
1: well, I you won the 2006 World's Championship riding a fantastic horse, Rare Fred. You came back on him uh, in, at the 2008 and 2009 National Finals, and he was always such a fantastic horse to watch, uh, paired with you on his back. I mean, we always knew that Mary Berger was going to set the pace. And now you've got this terrific horse that you're riding, buckskin horse, 80s famous last words, that you call Mo. And, um, you know, as a seven-year-old, he seems like he's handling the pressure, obviously, outrun the best of the best at the major rodeos across the country. Uh, is there any comparison between Fred, who was an AQHA WPRA Horse of the Year, and uh, Mo, that had an honorable mention, second place for the same award? Any comparison in those two horses, Mary?
3: Oh, quite a bit really. They they both basically have the same disposition. It's just that, um, my horse, Mo, he's he's just a little more immature, I guess at seven than maybe Fred was. He still thinks he's two or three. But but he's getting better and you know, he'll get in them areas where he'll get a little sloppy and I think that he will, you know, be a lot more consistent at eight and nine, but um he just put it together when he needed to and showed his talent. And he don't really, when he comes through that alleyway, he don't really worry about anything else. The noises and the crowds and stuff don't seem to bother him. So I'm hoping that when he comes through the Thomas and Mac, he'll feel the same way.
1: Was there a specific time as a five or six-year-old that that you really thought, man, alive, this horse has it? Was it the win at uh, in Waco or at the uh, WPRI finals that you thought gosh this horse can clock against these other horses that made you decide to uh, commit to the road?
3: Well um, I thought he missed a two-year-old early two-year-old year and he was still stallion and not broke so i would just being I was gone a lot I had a friend of mine um, just take him for 30 days and get him broke to ride at least and we gelded him at the same time. So I've had him since he was two and um, had him, you know, lightly started as a late two-year-old, but when I exhibitioned him when he was three, he was shutting the clock off in the local arenas where I know times um, with the exhibitions from, he just seemed exceptionally talented to me. So I just took my time, let him pick his pace. And um, when he got to be Oh, I guess it was for, well when I fraternity he he done very well. Hilly Bruce he's coughed the of bone in August, so he was out for six, seven months there. Um, but he come back and won the Quarter Wars Challenge there at Fort Worth and placed really high at the rodeo at Fort Worth and um it just you know, I just knew he had a lot of talent. I was just gonna have to wait out the immaturity. <laughs> so we're doing um you know, we're just doing the seasoning thing and hoping that he gets even better.
1: <laughs> I, I don't know how to put that quote in words, doing the seasoning thing, when I talk to my students about <laughs> having to season horses. Houston, <laughs> Calgary, major rodeos across the country, that's, that's um, I say day by day in every way, we're getting better and better. And your biggest challenge may lay ahead of you as you go into the national finals Uh, You're going to be a crowd favorite. Mo is a spectacular horse to watch. But managing those 10 go go-rounds of competition with the largest payout in the history of uh, the National Finals, aside from sponsor commitments, personal appearances, fan interaction, um, interviews, all of the things that um, the National Finals requires of of its contestants, what's your game plan? to help you get through the day to prepare to come down that alleyway in the evening with a clear mind.
3: Oh, I, you know, I just take one run at a time and, um, I just (laughs) have enough confidence in my horse that, you know, it's just like a, like I always say, um, I've, i trained him. I've worked with him. I've worked hard with him and whatever. I've done my job. And, and I just feel like whatever comes when I come through that alleyway is God's choice. And if he wants me to win, it's going to be good. And if I'm going to be further down, I just have to take it and go on because it might be somebody else's turn. But um, I just don't really worry much about it. I just do the best I can and um, and just hope for the best.
1: You know, I think every competitor uh, has uh, a mantra or a little conversation that we privately have with ourselves. And I I really admire what you just said, you know, if it's your time. And I always felt like, you know, when I prayed for confidence that uh, win, lose or draw, I was never riding alone. And that always helped me deal with the highs and the lows and try to be a consistent competitor prepared to do my job every time I went down the alleyway. And I really enjoy hearing you put that in your own words. Um, yes. You've got a terrific family. Carrie is driving the vehicle. You've got two sons. And, and I always love to watch PJ, your daughter-in-law. She's an amazing barrel racer in her own right. Uh-huh. Yeah.
3: And uh, my granddaughter, she's, <laughs> she's my height, too. Uh we have a lot of fun. Uh, the only thing I guess is, is not being home. We don't get to lot, watch her run as much as we'd like, but she's in the Little Bridges Rodeo and she's just loving the pole bending and she's trying to get with her barrel horse, but, um, she's having a ball and we're having fun watching her. So that's, that's really fun too.
1: It sounds like, uh, Carrie, he's driving the vehicle now, and so he, he'll he be a great support during the finals when you're juggling around those busy days. Are you going to keep Mo off the grounds or right there at the Thomas and Mac?
3: Well, we're we're debating yet. Um, my daughter-in-law, PJ, is going to go along and help me, and my son, Joey's going to go. And, and Todd's going to come uh, part of the time anyway, and um, his girlfriend's awesome. She's um, a great help, too, so we're, I think Carrie's going to try and make sure I get where I need to go and uh, go with me (laughs) to those things, and the rest that I can't do, um, depend on them, because it's just, um, it's a lot of work, and I know when I went in 2006, um, it just seemed like it was busy, busy, um, you know, with sponsors and everything, like you said, and and um, instead of seeing 08, 09, the, the same thing. So I know what I'm dealing with. And I know I'm going to need some help this year. So I got me a five horse rounded up and a backup. And I'm hoping that Mo goes all 10 rounds and we just have fun and, and do the best we can.
1: Well, with that said, Mary, you come in with a lot of experience. Um, just run through first go around what's on your mind second go around third go around you know when do you start seeing changes in courses when are they starting when's he starting to figure out how close that second barrel wall is how do you plan for the next run after you make your run what what's going in your mind that first go around.
3: Oh, it, you know, I I really don't worry about it much. I just know where he's supposed to be and just hope everything goes well. I've run a few times in a lane that small. And so I know, you know, things about him that I just need to kind of watch and you know him being just a little bit young um, he can make mistakes just like anything sometimes it don't work and sometimes it does but just don't worry about it I (laughs) put him in the spot he's supposed to be and um, and just uh, just go after it (laughs) that's about it
1: Go after it. Well, that's the difference in being an active participant in the team of horse and rider versus a passenger. That you can adapt and feel and make things happen. Um, often, when when you know it, it's been said that there's really no safety net in rodeo or life, and you make it happen or it doesn't happen. And it sounds to me that that's the kind of rider you are. Well, yes, thank you. I I do
3: just um you know i'm i'm just i just concentrate on what i'm supposed to do and don't worry about anybody else or anything just kind of come through and um run wherever i'm at it don't make any difference whether it's a big one or a little one you just try to come in and make the best run <laughs> you can so that's the way we're going to treat it
1: <laughs> Well, i join with you all over the world mary and wishing you great success Uh, We'll celebrate the records after the 10th go-around. In the meantime, you'll just do your job, and uh, you've got a great support team. I've got to ask you, if you could pick a song that you'd be inspired to run up that alleyway with when you enter the arena at Thomas & Mac, do you have one in mind?
3: A what now? I'm sorry, I didn't catch that.
1: A song? Is there a song that inspires (laughs) you when you're riding?
3: You know, no, um... I, I can't, couldn't really pick one. I really have to think about that. I guess I don't. I don't think much about that. But
1: um, <laughs> I, I that's just, a cowgirl with, me off with guard. I, Yeah, I would. I wouldn't know. <laughs> her eye on the ball. Yeah. I'm just well, let me ask there. you: Is there a good way to keep uh, up with your uh, performances during the finals? Are you on Facebook? Do you have a website? I know you're busy doing doing your job, but do you do any of the social media?
3: No, I I'm. ought to be real honest with you. I don't worry about any of that. I hardly get on and watch results or uh, money won as a rule. I don't do much of that. And my husband does Facebook, and and he'll keep me updated even if I don't <laughs> want to hear it. But um, I, I don't worry about it. I just, you know, I don't no i'm I'm not one of them kind that likes to boast, and I don't you know, so I'm pretty quiet about things and don't really care about what's going on um, on the other side. It's just come through the alleyway
1: well i uh, I have to agree here at the house there's uh, uh, we have people come and go and oh, did you hear this? did you hear that? blah 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 and i said how do you, how do you guys know so much about everything? Must be a big responsibility to know so much about so many different things. Oh, Facebook. And I say, well, if somebody wants me to know something personal, they'll call me. Yeah, that's the uh, the truth, too. (laughs) Hello to Carrie and the family and to PJ. It's been a while since I've talked to you all. And uh, we just wish you the greatest success, Mary, and enjoy those grand entries. That was always one of my greatest memories is being able to blast in there behind my state flag. I hope you enjoy every moment of this (laughs) national finals.
3: Well, thank you so much. I do appreciate it, and um, I hope everything goes well, too, so I can
1: bring home some money. Well, keep keep up the good word and the inspiration, and we, we're all riding behind you. Thank you, Mary, for joining well, uh, us on Better Horses Network, and we look forward to talking to you in the future. Travel safe, my friend, and Godspeed. Yeah, thank you so much, and same to you. Golly, it's been exciting to visit with two of the world's most recognized and successful barrel racers. Mary and Lisa are both great inspirations. They're riding terrific horses. And what I love the most is they're able to reproduce their training methods to create horses from year to year that um, have good foundations and are able to uh, be efficient in their performance. So congratulations to our girls. We're going to take a a quick break. And when we come back, I've got a special – interview with a woman that's probably done more for the sport of professional rodeo and barrel racing than anyone in the history of the game we'll be right back on better horses network fun and fast times
0: you're listening to Sharon Camarillo's fun and fast times on the better horses network we'll be right back after this the Barrel Racing Superstore is your one-stop shop, and we're here to help you. We have Rainsman bits, including Sharon's entire collection, and those hard-to-find, discontinued favorites that we're committed to keeping in stock. You can build the saddle of your dreams with our experts, including seat size, tooling, and colors, so you can have a truly custom saddle. If you need electronic timers for your arena or association, we have them. Call us at 530-521-4644. Or go to BarrelRacingSuperstore.com. We're here for your success. This is Sharon Camarillo's Fun and Fast Times. And now, back to Sharon.
1: Welcome back to Fun and Fast Times on Better Horses Network. I'm Sharon Camarillo. Our next guest, 11 times national finalist, two world championships, intercollegiate all-around world's champion, barrel racing intercollegiate world's champion, former WPRA president on the board for almost 20 years, and that's just touching the highlights of her successful career. Jimmy Monroe, welcome to Fun and Fast Times on Better Horses Network.
4: Thank you. It's nice to
3: be with you.
1: And I I want to say congratulations on the uh, uh, recent award that that you and Bud were just uh, given at the National Cowboy Hall of Fame in Oklahoma City. It was an honor to share the evening with you.
4: Oh, no, we were just so glad that you were there to share it with us. It just made it that much more special to have family and close friends like you there. And it was just really a special night, and it was a very special honor to be able to to be inducted as a couple, so it was just a great weekend.
1: Well, you're remarkable. You've you've probably uh, done more for the professional sport of rodeo, not to mention barrel racing, than any other person, man or woman, in the industry. And and sitting there listening to yours and Bud's resume when Pam um, introduced you and Dave Appleton, um, it was amazing. It it certainly humbles. Uh, your fans when we hear of all the uh, selfless time you've donated to different organizations and different areas of your life that that um, you've been such a benefit to thank you for your commitments
4: well i appreciate that sharon you know the sport of rodeo has just been so good to bud and i both and um it's really been important for both of us to try to give something back and to be honored in that way and recognized with the group of people that were had already been inducted that had made such an impact on the sport of rodeo was just really humbling for us
1: you you've seen some major changes in the last 40 years you know i'm i'm going to expand that a little bit 38 plus years you know that you've <laughs> been involved not only as it's- a contestant but also on the board and in the political aspect of, of the NFR and professional rodeo. Uh, talk to us about some of the goals that you had visions in early on in your career and um, back in the day and how, you've, how you're seeing them come to fruition today.
4: For the association, is that for the women in the sport of rodeo? Is that probably, yeah. probably what you're talking about? The women about? in yeah. sport of
1: rodeo, and we're just you know weeks away from the highest payout that we've ever experienced in professional rodeo. It's going to be amazing. I keep saying twenty-eight thousand dollar go rounds and seventy-five thousand dollars. That's that's a, that's a certainly a. a, a almost oh. a a big land payment right there in mm-hmm. in one rodeo so that, it is. that wasn't it's, how it always was
4: no it certainly changed since we were qualifying and at the <laughs> national finals i think the first year i went in 74 i was trying to think it did the go rounds even pay 400 i thought i think maybe they did but anyway no it certainly changed i mean to think that this year the barrel race has a purse of 860 4,000, you know, almost, uh, I mean, you know, getting close. I mean, it's just, ama- you know, it's just really something. And it's hard to believe, you know, where it's come and. Um so anyway, it's exciting. Now, you know, we just I can't, I'd like to, I can't really take credit for all the, you know, things that happened during the time that uh, I served on the board of directors because it was really a group effort and I was really blessed to have served with just a remarkable group of women over that time that were so dedicated to the sport and to that their particular uh areas and so you know it was just really but it was just the right time uh right before i came on the board about 10 years um the barrel race had become part of the national finals and that was really a major milestone when their when their finals and were held in conjunction with the national finals the prca finals and then it was just the time, the time was right, you know, and equal money was accomplished and electric timers for the barrel racing, which it's hard to believe. You know that very (laughs) few of the barrel races were even timed with electric timers when I started out. And the... You know, additional sponsors becoming involved, you know, in rodeo and in the WPRA, that made a really big difference in the sport. So it was a good time to be, to serve on the board and the capacity that I did and to see all the changes that were, you know, happened during that time, along with the equal money and now, you know, later the equal money at the finals. So there was just a lot of good things, you know, that have happened
1: well, I think we're going to see some amazing records shattered. I talked to Mary Berger. She's close to uh, you know certainly has a chance to shatter the all the year in winning record of Lindsay Sears at three uh, three hundred and twenty three thousand dollars, I think. So those uh, big payoffs in the goal um, rounds and average will make some changes in the record books. But you're very humble, and you know it was the right time to make a difference, and it was the right woman in place. and and I have to commend Bud because he's been on the board of the PRCA, uh, both of you on the board of the National Intercollegiate Rodeo Association. You, you understand rodeo, you've been raised in rodeo, and, and truly you're a powerhouse couple. Thank you for what you've done for all of us.
4: Well, thank you. I appreciate that so much. Uh, Mary Berger, yeah. She's already set a record of going into the finals, hasn't she? I mean, you can tell me, isn't she going into the finals with more money than anyone else has ever gone into the finals?
1: And she's going month. in with 190000 and that breaks yeah. Lindsay Sears' record of, of about $180,000, So I was looking at some of the demographics. Really, but, going uh, into
4: the finals. I didn't even realize. Of course, Mary won Houston, and she won Calgary, and, you know,
2: those
4: <laughs> are two great rodeos. And uh, I thought that that was probably more money than anyone had ever gone into the finals with, so that's. You know, another interesting
1: statistic, there's only $30,000 between number two and number 15. Mary now has a a $75,000 lead going in first. But isn't that amazing that just $30,000 separates number two to 15?
4: Oh, absolutely. That's a go-round. You win two rounds, and you're in the 15th place, and you're in the lead. So, no, it's all going to be determined at the finals. It's nice to have that lead. Like I said, that amounts to just about a go-round. But, uh, no, it's anybody's. Now, in any event, you know, it's uh, anybody's championship which had in the past, you know, like I said, going back, dating ourselves in the 80s or so, had you gone back, gone into the finals with a $30,000 lead? Well, that would have (laughs) certainly been a nice cushion to have gone into the finals with, but now I don't think you can go in with a big enough cushion
1: to... Well, I mean, my goal when we got to Oklahoma City was just to pay enough money to catch up on our visa card so we could go to Denver, but you know, back then gas was around a dollar a gallon, and you know, the hotel were, which we paid all our entry fees and we paid our hotels and all our expenses. And so time certainly, we've come a long way, baby. I think we can certainly say that with a lot of uh, enjoyment and respect.
4: Oh, absolutely. And you know it still, the expenses, you know, like you said, uh, if you made the national finals, you know, you hope that you'd broken even and how well you did at the finals really sort of determines your, you know, how much the year you made that year. But, you know, I don't know that a lot of that has changed. I'm sure like Mary Berger and them it has. But a lot of times, you know, it costs a lot more. Your expenses are a lot more. And those ones that make the finals at the bottom, they're sort of at a break-even place. And, you know, a good finals can make the difference in their year.
1: Absolutely. Jimmy, you've had and accepted many responsibility through the years at the National Finals Rodeo. And we've talked. You're gonna. You're planning on being at uh, this 80th annual national finals for all 10 performances. In a little different, um, uh, with a little different responsibility. You're you're taking on an, the important role of performance coach. Can you tell us just a little bit about your plans for this coming national finals? Oh,
4: not, re- I don't know if I'd call it a performance coach. Uh, I'm going to be there. Ivy Conrado's a real dear friend of ours. Family, you know, we've known the family. Kelly came to a clinic that I had in Grand Junction. Uh, I think he was 14. So that really dates me. So we've known him a long time. But, uh, her dad, Ivy's dad's definitely her coach. He's trained the mayor. And I just, you know, have told Ivy that, uh, You know, she asked me if I would, you know, consider just going and staying out there the whole time instead of just going out there for a weekend. And so I said I would, and I'm just sort of going to be there for support and maybe to help her a little bit. Like you said, there's just, or we talked earlier, there's just a lot, they have to be a lot of places, and um, there's just a lot more intel than there was when we were there. Their days are full of commitments with sponsors and That type of thing. So I'm just going to sort of be there. And i really, you know, um, an honor that she asked me. And, you know, because anyway, just to be out there and just anything I can do to help.
1: Well, combined with her dad, Kelly, who certainly has been successful on the C4 Tibby um, Stinson, who just was named the American Quarter Horse Association Women's Professional Rodeo Association Horse of the Year, uh, she's got a great support team, and I think that's so important with all their other responsibilities to just have somebody in your corner that keeps you calm and focused. And uh, I can't think of anyone better to bring um, um, experience into into the the game than you, Jimmy. I mean, uh, Kelly's been a remarkable trainer. Uh, and of course, it's women only, so, you're bringing in that experience at the national finals rodeo and no place else that we go to, we, do, we have to put 10 runs together. That's amazing. Of course, it's going to be rewarded with a $75,000 paycheck and maybe a little more, <laughs> but yeah. uh, it's hard to keep ten ten 10 sets of barrels up.
4: It is, you know, it's a lot of pressure. I mean, it always has been and it continues to be so. And I think the first year, you know, it, people that just, you know, maybe it's their first year and they don't realize there's that much pressure or that much involved or maybe they do I don't know but it is a lot of pressure you know it's not only a lot of pressure on the horses to make 10 runs in the same building but also on the contestants you know each night they have to come back I can remember thinking just being thankful when it was the 10th go round, and it was
3: over after that
4: uh, Well, I remember
1: you know you make a go around you make the second and then you go well that's okay there's 8 more I'll get warmer And then (laughs) then there's seven more then there's six more. And then pretty soon, oh, my gosh, there's two more. I don't know if I can make it. But I I know one of the hardest runs I've ever made in my life is going into the final round and knowing all I had to do is keep the barrels up to win second. That was a hard run. And
4: that's the hardest run of all because, you know, <laughs> really just knowing all you've got to do is get around them. I mean, to me, that it's a lot easier to know, you know, I need to go out and win this round or I need to play deep in this round. You know, then you're just going to go and go for it. But, no, that's one of the hardest things. But hopefully, you know, I can maybe help a little bit and you know, be there with Ivy, and it'll give some her family a little more time to enjoy it. And so, anyway, I'm, you know, I'm just looking forward to being out there with her. She's just an incredible young lady, and um, she's just done a great job this year. And, I mean, considering last year was her rookie year and Tibby's rookie year, and uh, Tibby came right out of the futurities right after Kelly had, had her in those futurities and derbies. And so they've just really done a great job together, and they're a great team. So it's just really a neat story, and they raised her, and, you know, she's, and uh, Ivy rode her mother at high school rodeos, and uh, so anyway, you know, it's just a great story, and they've just really been remarkable.
1: They have, and she's just 21 years old. We interviewed just her turned earlier 22. in the year. Yeah, just and turned I,
4: 22. Oh,
1: so, yes. 22. Yeah, yeah. And I just love to see her and your daughter, daughter Tassie together. I mean, they're two peas in a pod. They've got so much in common, and they just have that that sparkle for life in their eyes and the enthusiasm for the next adventure.
4: Oh, they do. They enjoy each other, and it <laughs> is fun to be around them. And so, yeah, it's really Fun to be with them keeps it makes you you know it keeps you young it makes you anyway well I, I look forward to the time. next
1: visit to California Ivy promised that she'd come out and have some fun with us one of these days
4: well we had a good time I know we'll have <laughs> to bring her the next time we certainly we had a great time out there with
1: you so. well would you tell everyone in Valley Mills hello for me and uh, I, I will. just have to commend you again for what a remarkable woman you are I so appreciate our friendship and look forward to seeing you at the national finals and we're gonna have some some great records to celebrate after the tenth go around.
4: Oh I hope so, but I'll look forward to always look forward to seeing you, Sharon.
1: Talk to you soon, Jimmy.
4: Okay, bye.
1: Thank you. That is absolutely remarkable to have an opportunity to talk to Jimmy Monroe. She's been such an inspiration and and has embellished the sport of professional rodeo in so many ways. Her husband, Bud Monroe, world's champion, also board of directors, and, uh, you know, they're responsible people, and I feel so good that uh, professional rodeo has a future with with board members like Jimmy and Bud Monroe.
0: You're listening to Sharon Camarillo's Fun and Fast Times on the Better Horses Network. We'll be right back after this. MedVet pharmaceutical products are recognized in the industry as the trusted brand. Product ingredient formulas are pharmaceutical grade and certified for potency and purity through the National Animal Supplement Council for high performance. MVP's Exceed Six-Way is clinically proven and comes highly recommended by veterinarians and leading professionals, including Sharon Camarillo. Exceed Six Way provides the highest level of support for joints, gastric function, muscles, hooves, hair coat, and digestion. You will feel and experience the difference when using exceed 6-Way, 60-day guaranteed results or 100 percent money back. Call United vet Equine at 800 328 6652 and mention the Sharon Camarillo podcast to receive a hundred dollars off a two-month supply of exceed six-way retails at 182.50 this is Sharon Camarillo's fun and fast times and now back to Sharon
1: Welcome back to Fun and Fast Times. We've got so many things to cover and we've got such interesting women to talk to, especially in the fact that we're just a few short weeks away from the National Finals Rodeo. It's going to be an incredible rodeo this year. Every go-around is going to change the standings and I know that World Championships are going to come down to the final 10th round. That's amazing. These riders and competitors have traveled Uh, untold miles to 55 to 100 rodeos, crisscrossing the country from the East Coast, West Coast, North Dakota down to South Texas. And it's going to come down to one run, one calf and one bull. It'll be exciting. But I've got a really inspirational and exciting guest to include on Fun and Fast Times uh, National Finals show, Miss Rodeo America, Catherine Merck. Catherine, I'm Always so thrilled to hear you and talk with you and be around you. Congratulations for your successful year, and welcome to Fun and Fast Times.
5: Well, thank you, Sharon. I'm so happy to have the opportunity to talk with you again and share about what an amazing year this has been
1: and still to come. Well, you just wrapped up the uh, Miss Rodeo Washington, Washington, no R in (laughs) Washington, pageant. And uh, I know you were the first Miss Rodeo America that Washington produced. I'm sure you were inspiring to the girls in the pageant.
5: Well, I just, I truly enjoyed being able to go back. And my favorite part of going to our state and local pageants is having the opportunity to spend time with the contestants because it is it's a grueling process as you know being a miss rodeo america judge that we expect so much of these girls everything from horseback riding modeling equine science they have a written test and i just think it's been a really positive thing for me to be able to be there after going through this especially at Miss Rodeo, washington you know i've been through that pageant so to have that opportunity to talk to the girls behind the scenes and encourage them—that is absolutely my favorite part.
1: We we get a chance to talk to peewees and little girls that I know love to come up and see your crown and your beautiful clothes. And you know, the Midwest and the East Coast and the Northwest—I um, I so inspire, try to inspire these little girls along with their pole bending and their roping and their barrel racing to get involved with the junior pageants. I, I read that some of our contestants in different part of the country is, um, is dwindling and it's such a great program. I hate to see that. And of all the things I've done in my career, looking back over my experience in the pageants has done more for me than any other one thing that I've ever experienced in my life. You know,
5: it truly does. And one of our team contestants was a fantastic example of this. She, Miss Caitlin Hurley, she was our junior Miss Rodeo Washington, while we still had our junior program. And she's now our Miss Teen Rodeo Washington 2017. But she was even telling me at her age of 14 how much she felt she has grown this pageant system and she had the opportunity to stand on stage with 23 and 24 year olds this past weekend and the maturity and confidence that she had in herself she stood up right next to those older girls and made everyone in the room so proud so (laughs) I agree I agree with you The, the confidence is just that's one of the things that people I don't think realize come from even competing not necessarily winning the title but you learn so much about yourself just through these competitions.
1: Being able to organize your thoughts and and convey your your um, your what you're trying to say is so important. I'm stuttering now on my words, but you know there's been times in both of our careers that we've had to kind of organize on the fly and come up with a statement. And I and it's so important that that our young girls are able to do that. I think it opens so many doors in their lives.
5: It opens so many career doors as well. I can tell you, after going through all the Rodeo Queen pageant interviews and public speaking, that has prepared me so well for my future career as a lawyer, thinking on the fly, like you said, and having that confidence to truly market your abilities in a job interview. I think that's something so many of us girls are taught that a lady never brags. And these pageants they don't teach us how to brag; they just really teach us how to be advocates for
1: ourselves in the job market i think well said, and you know un- unfortunately, you know we have to be realistic in the fact that life is not only full of uh my favorite flower sunflowers, and um you know divorce may be inevitable. In some couples, as much as you think you're in love, you know, things happen in life and you've got to be prepared. And I always um, advise anyone, young students that I'm around, to spend their 20s in preparing for their great long life. And I think the Miss Rodeo America leadership and the inspiration that they create to uh, all the way, funnels all the way down to our state and local princesses.
5: Yes, I, I 100% agree with you. The confidence is just phenomenal in our youth, and the confidence that I've gained every year I've been part of a Rodeo Queen program has been fantastic. <laughs> and handling myself in any situation
1: from horseback to on foot. <laughs> Well, I, I just have to, I'll never forget the story that you shared. Um, you never know when you're going to make an impression. And I think we always have to be prepared for that. But a little girl at 12 or 13 years old came to a horse fair that I was involved in in Spokane, Washington. And I remember a mother and a little girl in hand coming up and speaking to me at the fence. And lo and behold, it was you. I, I wouldn't have remembered that if, you're, if you hadn't brought that out.
5: Yes, well, I will say you you talk about inspiring youth, and you sure have inspired me over the years, Chair. And I definitely would not be where I am today without your encouragement at that young age. Like you said, it was it was a small thing that encouraged me so much, and I've tried to keep that in mind throughout my year and every interaction I've had with a young girl. Such a small interaction can mean so much to someone so thank you for that because I've definitely not only would I probably not be Miss Rodeo America without your encouragement but you've taught me so much about giving back to our youth
1: you are more than kind and I continue to remind my son we only get one chance to make a good first impression be prepared that is so true so true So entering or going into the 2016 National Finals is going to be a little bittersweet for you, Catherine. It's a closing of an important chapter in your life. Uh, What stands out uh, maybe in the most important highlights of uh, some of the experiences you've had in 2016 as Miss Rodeo America?
5: Well, I definitely think and... This will always be the best part of my year to me, but it's the people and the rodeo community. People have asked me throughout this year because I, I travel by myself to rodeos, to events, and so frequently I've, I've never necessarily met anyone from the committee, the rodeo I'm attending. They ask if it's lonely, and I have told them over and over again, it's never lonely because the rodeo community is so amazing and so friendly, and so opening and that is just absolutely that's the number one thing that i think has has really changed me and will continually define who i am moving forward but i've just i've had the most amazing experiences and i actually leave in a week for australia for the australian finals
1: to travel internationally you're going to tamworth probably for the australian national finals I
5: yes, so I am so excited. That's so funny. You, I think, are the only person so
1: far who
5: has known where the Australian finals are.
1: Aha! Do You're I amazing. win something? Is there a prize? Sure, I'll, <laughs> I'll create a prize for you. Of course. But I'm Well, just, enjoy your so trip excited. down under. Remember to say good on you and sweet as. And I just love the Perfect. Australians.
5: Perfect. Miss Rodeo Canada will be coming with me as well. So it's just such a positive opportunity for us to talk about the sport of rodeo amongst different cultures and really how the sport of rodeo and our values, we we don't have borders. It it is an international thing, and I am so excited.
1: Well, what does the next chapter of your incredibly successful life so far hold for you, Catherine? Well, I'm
5: so excited for the WNFR, but as soon as that Landstrom's Black Hills Gold comes off my head, I will be headed back to law school. I have a single year left of law school starting in January, finishing up next December, and I am so incredibly lucky that the Miss Rodeo America Scholarship Foundation awarded me such A HUGE AMOUNT OF SCHOLARSHIP THAT I WILL BE GRADUATING DEBT FREE FROM LAW SCHOOL. SO THAT IS JUST, THAT IS THE GREATEST GIFT THAT I THINK THIS PROGRAM COULD HAVE GIVEN ME TO ALLOW ME TO PURSUE THE CAREER OF MY DREAMS RATHER THAN PURSUE A CAREER THAT I AM REQUIRED TO IN ORDER TO PAY BACK STUDENT LOANS. So that's an amazing aspect of all of our Rodeo Queen pageants, that we do have that scholarship component. And right now is the Miss Rodeo America Annual Week of Giving. And this week makes it possible to give every single contestant in the Miss Rodeo America pageant a scholarship. So that's clearly something I am so passionate about. But I, I am excited to get my feet wet back in in the law.
1: Well, you fall into that category of Sandra Day O'Connor and the fact that she was ranch raised. And I know that she carried our lifestyle with her throughout her career all the way through the Supreme Court. And it was such an honor to have someone represent us that knew our true lifestyle. And I, I just have to say thank you for representing the title with such class and dignity. You're an incredible role model. You make a great first impression and uh, you're a fantastic advocate for the ranching and rodeo lifestyle. Thank you for all you do, Catherine. Good luck to you. God's blessings, and and uh, enjoy Australia.
5: Well, thank you. Thank you so much, Sharon, and I hope I get to see you in Vegas for the NFR.
1: I'll look forward to it. Tell your family hello for me. I will. Thank you so much. With the National Finals Rodeo only a few weeks away, make sure that you check out your local broadcast schedule. It will be aired every evening, and those of you who have a chance to go to National Finals uh, in person, it'll be a remarkable experience. I uh, I so want to thank uh, Lisa Larkhart, Mary Berger, Jimmy Monroe, and Katherine Merck for taking their time out of their busy schedule to join us on Better Horses Network Fun and Fast Times. They've been great mentors in my life and inspiration, and I hope that their stories have um, helped to motivate and direct your successful competition and inspire each of you to follow your dream. It all starts with a dream, and like Catherine and I said, you only get one chance to make a good first impression. Make it count. Makes a difference. So um, they're all life-changing experiences, and we look forward to seeing you all again on Fun and Fast Times. Better Horses Network.
0: Thanks for joining Sharon today. If you have any questions or comments, you can always reach out to Sharon at SharonCamarillo.com or email C productions at gmail.com. We'll see you next time on Fun and Fast Times with Sharon Camarillo on the Better Horses Network, part of Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks.